probably the biggest win with the Boozer Williams era when they won Game Seven in Houston. I remember actually being there covering that game at the time. But uh, but yeah, the Rockets usually don't get out of the first round. Maybe it was a first round stat. It's something the, the Rockets are obviously prone to be swept, and, and this was a difficult year. Obviously, a lot of storylines though with James Harden going against his old team. The Thunder should take care of business, but last night was a testament to the heart and passion of that Rocket team. Yeah, uh, Omar Asik. I'll tell you one thing though. OKC is definitely not the same team with Westbrook at. I, no. I, I know I'm not saying anything, uh, proclaiming anything huge there, but it's pretty clear. And as I watch that team, I'm just like, all right, they, they just don't have it. They don't have enough that where they're gonna, uh, you know, get past the Spurs at least when it's all said and done. Brooklyn beat Chicago to stay alive, one ten to ninety one. Chicago still leads that series three two. Nets closing on a fifteen to one run. Brooke Lopez twenty eight points, ten rebounds. D Will had twenty three points and ten assists. Yeah, you know, the Bulls were banged up. They were still recovering from that triple overtime game. Nate Robinson still had a nice game overall, but you know, that that offense just hasn't looked the same all year. There have been so many different guys in and out trying to run that lineup. Now, you know, it's Boozer and Noah inside. They're both banged up. They weren't able to get it done. And the Nets have made this thing a real series now. Don't forget, Comrade Prokhorov, the billionaire owner, is guaranteed a championship. And he wants it soon. And he will stop at nothing for the championship. <laughs> Game six will be Thursday in Chicago. Uh, you got Atlanta uh, over Indiana, one two to one hundred two to ninety four. That series now tied up two games apiece. Josh Smith, a playoff high, twenty nine points. Led this game by 17 at the half. Did I not go on a mini Josh Smith rant yesterday yeah, I think you did, about yeah. how he's a guy that has never stepped up in the postseason, has never led his team to a big victory? And then he got one last night. I think we learned something yesterday. Josh Smith is a P1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he must be listening. On iHeartRadio. To Gunther and Graham. <laughs> on iHeartRadio. All you got to do is search 1320K Fan on iHeartRadio. Right. And, and there you're we tuning are. in to Gunther and Graham every day, 3 to 7 <laughs> on 1320K Fan. Thanks for listening, Josh Smith. You said it, 29 and 11, and the Hawks up and bite the Pacers. Another blowout. Not quite a 15-point margin, though, but... Yeah. This has been a series where, you know, either side decisively wins. Last night it was Josh Smith going off. Had a huge run there late in that game, and uh, it's all tied up now, like you said. Tonight, trending now in the NBA, you got Golden State at Denver. Warriors up 3-1. It's Golden State team, I, I read this say, has won three in a row since they lost David Lee in the previous three seasons when he was uh, gone. David Lee out with injury, whatever. They're 3-18. and uh, so this Golden State team making it happen. Uh, Curry, by the way, 18 threes through the first, uh, his first four playoff games. That's the most in NBA history uh, doing it in his first four playoff games. You know, Kevin Durant was talking about the crazy things the Rockets were doing to him, sending two and three guys at him. And Durant said he's just going to trust his teammates and he's not going to worry about what's going on. That's what Denver needs to do to Steph Curry. Because he's not only you know one of the most talked about guys right now amidst all these crazy storylines that's going on, people are still talking about Steph Curry because he's having a record-setting postseason. He's already had a record-setting year. You know, they're talking about this backcourt being one of the most talented we've ever seen. Denver needs to throw everything they can at Steph Curry. You know, I think he can still get his shot up. We're talking yeah. about a guy who's six inches shorter than he really should be out there. He's still managing to get that shot up. He's got incredible skill set. He's got an incredible couple of guys playing next to him, and Jarrett Jack and Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's the one with the great size. He's like yeah. six seven. You got to do something to throw him out. I mean, he's just in a groove right now, and you got to do something to try to offset him a little bit. I mean, right? <laughs> you have to. Do you go Problem with is- like the angry badger type defense and like sign a new free agent who's hungry and you're like Demari Carroll? Yeah, just assign one guy to him. <laughs> Do you try who 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 was pantsing people out there in the NBA? A couple years. Was that Ron Artest? Who was doing that? Was that uh, 
Oh, yeah. Who was that? I think, was it Artest that was doing that? It may have been Ron Artest. Pants and people. It's a, it's a classic move. Yeah, exactly. If uh, Denver loses a series, by the way, it'll be the ninth time in the last ten years that they were bouncing the first round. So this is a huge, huge thing. Uh, yes, our test pants, Paul Pierce, is what we uh, what we remember now. So good times. Kevin, 50% of the facts are almost always correct in most of my pantsing stories. Yes, good. Memphis is at the Clippers tonight. That series tied up at two games apiece. Chris Paul saying it's the biggest game of the season for the Clips. Uh, Grizz won by 21 on Saturday. This game's really been dictated by rebounds in the first two games uh, where the Clippers won the first two. They out-rebounded the Grizz 87-61. to And the uh, two games in Memphis in which the Grizzlies won, uh, the Grizzlies out-rebounded the Clips 92-61. to So there you go. Vinny Del Negro's been talking about rebounds. Kevin Graham's talking about rebounds. <laughs> it's the talk of L.A. right now because with the Lakers out, all these trendy, hipster, NBA, somewhat casual basketball fans need someone else to root for with their sideways knit caps and their lattes at 8 p.m. Men wearing Ugg boots and tights, you weird people. So there's a lot of attention on the Clippers right now. And you're right. Memphis is dominated inside where they've had the advantage the whole series, but they finally got it done in Memphis. Now the question is, you know, what's going to happen in L.A.? Do the Clippers benefit from the momentum? You know, can they rebound by committee? That's what Vinny Del Negro wants them to do. But when you've got, what, Matt Barnes and Blake Griffin inside, yeah. go Google Blake Griffin. I don't care what they list him at. I know he's supposed to be 6'10". He's 6'8 without shoes. I spent my Sunday last week looking up the official list, the yeah. all-time NBA combine heights, and you can see, like, you know, big-name guys, former co-worker of mine, Sean Bradley, is at the top, 7'5 seven, 7'5 five and a half. Seven, five and a half. Now, good. we've seen taller guys, but no one's ever been to the NBA combine. Because yeah. Manute Bowl, I think, was 7'7". Seven, seven. Anyways, you, you could take Shaq as like a legit 7-1. Tim Duncan's a legit 6-11. You'd be amazed how many guys say are 7 foot are actually 6-10. Bottom line is, Blake Griffin's 6-8.5 without shoes. So we're talking about big old school guys like Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol. Gasol's a legit 7-footer. You know, they have the advantage inside. Memphis has been able to take advantage of that in Memphis. You know, the, the, the Clippers need a lot from Blake Griffin tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you playing at home. See if that series shifts back to the Clippers' favor. Raptors trending now. They want Phil Jackson to be their new team president. Uh, Apparently, Phil uh, was looking at the Seattle possibility, but with Seattle apparently not getting a team as the team's expected to stay in Sacramento, that maybe opens up that if Phil Jackson wants an office job, Toronto might be the fit. Phil has been interested in front office jobs with the Denver Nuggets and, as you mentioned, uh, up there in Seattle. But... uh, it, it, Toronto could work. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, you know, Phil, it, it's tranquil enough for him right there, isn't there? No, actually, Toronto's like New York, I think. It's like the New York of Canada. I, I still think Phil's going to use the connection he has. You know, he's dating Jeannie Buss. Yeah. Uh, or is he engaged to her now? I thought they were engaged. I, yeah, I think they're engaged. Okay, so they're in, he, his fiance is yeah. Jeannie Buss. I think he's going to parlay that into a job with the Lakers when they fire D'Antoni here in uh, about 10 minutes. <laughs> Detroit general manager Joe Dumars met with Nate McMillan last week in North Carolina, uh, also having a formal interview with him today. Uh, so we'll see if Nate McMillan ends up with the Detroit Pistons as their new head coach. Uh, Cavs assistant Nate Tibbetts interviewing for the Bobcats job. That's, uh, yeah, I don't think that's a job you really want to be Well, the Bobcats went with the uh, assistant from St. John's a year ago. Yeah, that yeah. didn't work out too well. No, now they're looking at least an NBA assistant as a possibility to be an NBA head coach. All, all these <laughs> problems get pinned on Michael Jordan. How much say does he really have in all this? I think he's the owner. Right? I think he's the owner. I well, think yeah, he has it. Yeah, but he's the one who's hired the general manager. Now, that's yeah. obviously on Michael Jordan, but the general manager's been the one that's making all these decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did, but, but still. MJ's supposed to have been you know, hands-off lately, so although the things haven't picked up, can we stop blaming MJ? I mean... 
He's my childhood hero, Kevin. <laughs> he just got married, too. Did you see that? He yes, married I like did. a younger blonde, or he not blonde, a, actually, a brunette. She's actually. a brunette. Brunette, uh, former model, I believe. Yeah. yeah. She's uh, like 20 years, no, maybe 15 years younger she's than him, 29. I think. 29. Oh, she only 29? I thought she was like 35, and he's, you're making that up. He's, I think she's 35, and no, he's she, like 50, I think. That's the standard age for every woman in Hollywood, 29. <laughs> ask Eva Mendes, she's 29. They're always 29. Yeah, ask Eva Longoria, she's 29. Oh, yeah, she's 29 as well. Ask yeah. uh, Celine Dion, she's 29. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn, 29. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is in the Hepburn. nose. Catherine Zeta-Jones is in the, no- the news the other day. She checked into rehab or something. She's yeah. 30. She's listed at 30. Really? It's like, lady, you're... No offense, she looks yeah. tremendous. But yeah, she does. I'm not. I'm not trying to judge here. I'm just <laughs> saying that's the standard. Age. Women, for some reason, they freak out about age. I could care less. Jason Collins, uh, day two. Good morning, America. He spoke today. He says that he thinks the country is ready to support an openly openly gay basketball player, uh, and hopes that other players will follow in his example. He said in the uh, interview, "quote I hope that every player makes a decision that leads to their own happiness, whatever happiness that is in life." I know that I, right now, am the happiest that I've ever been in my life. Obama called him, by the way, yesterday, too, to congratulate him. Do you answer, or do you, do you hang on? Do you, do you he answered. Call? Wait, oh, he answered. <laughs> so does Obama answered call it. you directly, or how does that work? Does, I, I don't know. You know what? That's kind of weird, because he could probably just, he, you know, he could access, I mean, he could call you right now if he wanted say, to. Do, I mean, does a handler call first to check up? I'm or, guessing a handler does calls Obama first. Obama just like, all right, call this idiot. Like, yeah, how does that work? I, yeah, I'm thinking. Anyways, I'm thinking he has a handler. Kevin, you've had a day to soak in the story that uh, has been splattered across any and all news outlet, front mm-hmm. page news. For the first time in a hundred years of pro sports, we have a gay male athlete. One of our core four sports. How different is your life today than it was yesterday? It's not different really at all, actually. No, I don't have an outlook, uh, new whole outlook on life at all. You're wearing a tremendous shirt. Well, it, thank you. That's like because a, we're to be on TV tonight. We so, are on oh, TV. Oh, yeah, we're on TV. Talking on, sports. Talking sports. So I, I, I dressed up a little bit tonight for the TV appearance. Yeah, exactly. So, on uh, what's that, 12 on cable and 22? 12 on satellite, 22, yeah, 22 on, cable. on cable. Yeah. No, I forgot to bring my fedora. Otherwise, I would have brought that wool asking us. Don't worry, One Kevin, day we will. We should wear our matching fedora. Right there in studio. No, I'm not wearing that one. I got to wear my Kid Rock fedora, my 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 top fedora. Uh, so for there a TV is a appearance. difference between. Oh, yeah. you know, we'll top do that and next week. Fedoras. Let's remember. Let's remember next week to yeah, wear let's the fedora. Do that. I'll That'll make a great. note right now. <laughs> Uh, no, nothing has changed at all in the way I feel about life. I'm glad Jason Collins is happy. Carmelone commented. We'll let you uh, hear what he had to say coming up here uh, momentarily. He, of course, needed to comment on the situation. Did Carmelone well. use on the CNN. Phrase, I pity the fool. No, he didn't use no, the cut. Co- no, that. he did not use that at all. Yeah, but it it was good. It was good. Stay tuned. We'll we'll let you hear that here in a you couple didn't minutes. Have a, a complete and total paradigm shift, Kevin. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, you know what? I'll be honest. And maybe again, uh, you know, I don't know how you feel on this, but I'm kind of like, okay, great. Great, let's move on. I, I <laughs> what's had, the next? What's the I next had the issue? Same reaction. <laughs> I, I'm I like know. again. I know it's a big deal, but at the same time, it's like okay, great. He's gay. Good luck. You know, let's cool. Let's let's move on. We both know why it's a big deal. It's yeah, because this is it the is. first time yeah, it's ever I get happened. It. I so get it. We, we both understand that, but I think we're both in agreement. What's what's the big deal? Let's, <laughs> this is not the first gay athlete. It's the first gay athlete to admit that he's gay while still being an athlete. Yep. Chances are, you've played with dozens of guys that were gay, depending on how long it, you know you're athletic career was, how many different teams you played for. So I'm, I'm like you. The story is all over the place, and that's fine. Yeah. It deserves a lot of attention. I'm glad people are talking about it, but it doesn't change anything for me. This is not news to me. Yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, I guess it's news that Jason Collins was gay. I'll admit I didn't specifically yeah. know that. <laughs> But I, I also didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the sexual preferences of NBA players because if you do, you're you're going to get caught up in a, in a much yeah. different angle than than 
than uh, gay stuff. You're going to get caught up in, in other stuff. <laughs> Trending now. Fired. Geno Smith fired his agents. Uh, the Jets quarterback who was picking the second round because he thought he was going to be the number one pick. <laughs> how, how, very, how very Jet of him. What a very New York Jet move. Way to start off your career the right way, Geno. Oh, man. That's just great. Now, he, he was incensed that he didn't go number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He claims now, that wasn't the reason, but uh, come on. I mean, now, reports are saying that was the reason. So, good times. Kevin, I, I'm sure you've been a part of some uh, hellacious relationships, a lot of passion in your day. Oh, yeah, I, you back know, in the day. Typically, when you break up with a woman, you, know, you, you break up and that's it, unless you're living together. But you know, when you break up with your NFL agent, you know, there's a four-day grace period. It's like a cooling-off period. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know this, Kevin, because I once fired an agent. Okay, did you really? I, yeah, wow. When I, I didn't get drafted, that. I also fired my agent. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, you know what he said? Who are you again? Yeah. My, yeah. I, I got signed up for the Blaze because I called the Blaze on my own. And oh, like, did you? You, oh, were, you we became your own agent. Lineman. Yeah. Oh, very so good. I fired my agent. Yeah. And his wife called me and screamed at me. That was nice. She got my name wrong. <laughs> what you talking about, Carl? She was like screaming at me. Anyways. Kernash. Yeah. Uh, you have to wait four days, though, while the yeah. NFL clears your paperwork. Actually, I think it's five. Yeah, yeah five yeah. days. Okay, yeah. so it, it could be longer. Yeah, so right now, Geno Smith could be having angry conversations with his agents because the, the agents, well, th- they are technically entitled to 3% of what you earn. Mm-hmm. They probably fronted Geno Smith some money. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll find ways to recoup that unless Geno Smith spent an inordinate amount of money already, which I hope he hasn't. But, you know, these agents were expecting to negotiate with a guy who was going to be a first-round pick. So yeah, they were true. expecting 3% of what could have been $10 million. Do the math. I don't know what that is. But it's mm. a lot over, you know, several years. Yeah. 300 times 10. What is that? 3 million of that? Or no, wait. That's no, it, 30% it, of 10 million. I, I think <laughs> Maybe like 9. I don't know. It, it's more like several hundred thousand. Yeah, but the point yeah, is that's, that's just one client. Anyways, yeah. uh, so these agents, you know, are, are in a fairly precarious situation mm-hmm. here because I, I find it hard to believe that Geno Smith will be represented by a high-profile agency and not take any money. Because yeah. it's not illegal after you're done playing. When I say take money, I, sh- I shouldn't say it that way. You know, if you are done with your college eligibility and you sign up with an agent and you're fixing to be a first round draft pick and you need five grand to mm-hmm. pay for whatever, if you want to get braces like our producer Will Smith, or if you want to buy a new car, or if you want to buy some hair dye, you can take five, ten, or you can take as much money as you want from those agents. And depending on your relationship, you know, but most agents are going to want that money back. Yeah. But, and especially if they've. If you fire that agent, they're going to want that money back. And so this this thing could get ugly, but it wouldn't be the New York Jets if it wasn't really ugly and poorly done behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Tebow, the by, the way, way. T- by the way, Tim Tebow cleared waivers today. Now the Jets owe Denver $1.53 million because he did clear waivers. So that's uh, that's good. Is there any way to convert that into like a, a foot massage type payment? Because I know Rex Ryan's given out a lot of foot massages, and I know he'd be very thorough and diligent. Yeah, I don't think get that's into all uh, those nooks and crannies. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, that's happening at this mm. point in time. All right, there you go. That's trending now on the all new thirteen twenty K fan. Come one, come all to a beautiful show. It's gonna be awesome and dumb other stuff. And Graham on the all new 1320 K Fan. All 
right, Gunther and Graham on the all-new 1320K Fan. Thanks for joining us, as always, on the program. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. He's Kyle Gunther. I'm Kevin Graham. Benderson, Will Smith, Sozar producer and executive producer if we had an executive producer that's what you would be wool uh but yeah so there you go how are you today mr uh, gunther uh, i'm life? doing tremendous you are uh, dressed up in your sunday best mm-hmm. i see you will not be convinced to wear a fedora no. on the news tonight i, sh- I should have got my fedora though it's sitting right in my closet so i apologize for that you know you really yeah. you, <laughs> you, you owe a lot of us an apology kevin because there's I, a lot of listeners that are looking yeah. forward to Putting their eyeballs on you tonight on Talking Sports with the very talented, the very voluptuous Dave Fox. I think he's there tonight. He's blown us off the last two Tuesdays, by the way, but I think he's going to be there this evening. We have not been worthy of the Great One's yeah. presence, but I tell you, if if you sleep on Dave Fox, I suggest you go Google AJ uh, Carlissimo. Is that the name of the uh, Gibraltar who tried to oh. get out there and try out for the North Dakota News last week? Oh, yeah, and he swore. AJ yeah. Clemente, that's what it is. That's yeah. the name of the anchor. Day yeah. one curse before he got on camera. So, <laughs> what we know about Dave Fox is that he generally doesn't curse on no. camera. If you he, keep fondling the way you do, though, every week, you might be able to get him to to drop a word one one way or the other. I got to be honest, Kevin. When, yeah. when a good-looking man like Dave Fox puts on a suit and sits next to me and starts talking <laughs> generic sports, I get bored. I want to spice things up by grabbing that man in the inner thigh and then seeing what direction the interview takes. Oh, yeah. I, believe me, we take think, some interesting angles. That's yeah, for I sure. Mean, I think that's what separates us from the rest. Oh, yeah, I believe so. Is the interesting yeah. angles that we take. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would think uh, you're right on that. So, should be fun tonight. Yeah. You're, you got a collared shirt on, so you dressed up again. As, as is most You're pretty of the, much the wearing a collared shirt every day, actually. I'm very impressed, by the way. You're dressing better than I am most days. Uh, no, that's not true, but no, I, it is true. I have tried to live up to your standard. <laughs> Whatever. And I've hoped, I, I appreciate <laughs> you recognizing that since day one. Here with the new company. It's not a new company. It's, it's my family now. 1320K yeah. fan. <laughs> like we're all family. <laughs> I've been wearing the collared shirt, Kevin, because... Corporate Atlanta knows who we are. They send us greeting cards on a regular basis. It's beautiful. Well, I know that every time I meet someone in a collared shirt, I feel much better than wearing a raggedy Bob Marley shirt with holes in it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And pitted out <laughs> armpits. Well, that's good. All right, it's day two of Jason Collins being gay. Uh, here is... Uh, no, today, so we're hearing... Uh, I just went direct to the point there, so let's let's first start with Carl Malone, because everyone comments two. on it. Jason Collins being gay day two. Before <laughs> this, he was not gay. We shouldn't joke about it. Well, I mean, we can't joke about Kevin, it, it's day two if now. If we can't joke about it, how are we supposed to integrate this new ideology into our lives? I agree. And that's what it is. It's a new ideology. Whether you're comfortable with it or not, the bottom line is you've had this conversation with somebody over the last 48 hours now that we have a, prof- a high-profile athlete who is in this position, and just making jokes about something does not mean that you're demeaning the issue. We're all aware of it, yeah. and quite frankly, a lot of us are sick of it because I don't think it's that monumental of an issue to most people anymore. That's been my biggest takeaway online, based on what I've read, not just on Twitter, based on what I've seen. I, I know ESPN and the NFL Network, and everybody's got to make a big deal out of it, and I'm not trying to hate the game here. You know, I'm not, I understand what's going on with this. But for the love of Pete, it, it doesn't feel like such a monumental issue. And I think most people agree with that. And the handful of people that are trying to make this a big deal and trying to incorporate their religious beliefs into it, you know, that that's fine and that's going to happen. But in general, this doesn't change much about the way we're going to live our lives, does it? I don't know. I mean, because, you know, the biggest change is whether an archaic system, which is sports, can deal with it in their own locker room. Because I think a lot of us out there in the world either have friends that are gay 
or work with people that are gay. And so really, in the end, has it changed the way you work or work as a team or move forward? Or No, it doesn't. And at least in my opinion, it hasn't. So, you know, and for some, though, it's a bigger issue than others. And I think that's really what it comes down to. I think it's just because it's a high. Pro- I mean, how many people in, in the entertainment industry as a whole you know, are gay. I mean, it, it, it's just you go still watch their movies half the time, right? I, I mean, assume, you know, so uh, it's the same thing with most, sports. If not all. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. Oh. <laughs> but, but if you know a guy is gay, does that really stop you from going and watching that guy's movie if he's a really good actor? Probably not. I mean, just some maybe. So really, if a basketball player is gay, is that going to stop you from going and rooting for your team? Is it really? I, I don't. If it is, then good on you. I mean, you, you have a moral ground in your own world that, that you want to live with, and that's fine. It's your right as an American, but in the end, I can't imagine a lot of fans, wherever Jason Collins ends up, what team he ends up on, is going to say, nope, I'm not going to go support that team. I, I just, you know, they, they may not go because the team may stink. I don't think it's because Jason Collins, the 12th man on the bench, is gay and will be sitting, you know, and, and that's why you're not going to the game. At least that's my opinion. Now, Carl Malone has an opinion. Now, remember, Carl Malone got a lot of controversy when, uh, when the whole HIV thing came out with Magic Johnson, uh, you know, where he basically said he didn't want to play against him. Uh, well, now Carl Malone ended up on CNN today of the you know, former jazz man, of course, Hall of Famer, uh, and gave some of his thoughts on Jason Collins. And uh, this cut says basically that uh, it was not his place to judge. I think everybody should embrace what he did. He, uh, Jason didn't do this to be talking to the president of the United States. You know, it's... You know, I always say this right here. It's, it's time that we kind of move past that kind of thing. You know, it's not for us to say uh, because what's in the Bible that this shouldn't do this. We're not the judge. All right. So Carl Malone said basically saying that uh, we, the people, aren't the judge yeah. in that cut. And, uh, you know, the, the overwhelming majority of reaction online, again, has been this is not that big of a deal. You know, um, I think to to the people that it is a big deal, um, you're you're going to have to get used to things. If you know, if you didn't notice this, with did you ever watch the show Will and Grace? I mean, yeah, heads up, yeah, you know, yeah. times times have been changing. Didn't we? You know, and I, I joke about Will and Grace because that's what I remember growing up. That was the big issue, and I remember sitting around the house laughing at Will and Grace. And then I, I heard about it one day. There was there was drama about the show, and I I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was ten or I don't know twelve or something. All I know is that was like our family's, you know, one of our favorite shows. We would watch sports. Mm-hmm. We would watch shows. I wasn't allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead, but I would always sneak off to my friend's house and watch Beavis <laughs> you and, and Butthead. You weren't allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead? No. My, <laughs> I no, love my, Beavis and Butthead. My, my, yeah, my, fire! Fire! <laughs> Sorry. You, you were, you were that's my only impression I could do is Beavis. That's all I got. I'm done. Good night, everybody. That's it. <laughs> well, that's you know, you've, you've really honed yeah, really great. <laughs> But That's I all remember I got. there being the controversy because Will and Grace was the first show about gay people. Or I guess there was gay people on the show. What, I don't remember what yeah. it was about. It was about two friends lived in a house or something. And they I think always one of them were gay, and, weren't they? I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know. But didn't we have that conversation then? Are we going to have it again well, now about Jason Collins? And what's going to happen another five years? Are we gonna, what, what happens if there's a gay president in 10 years? And we have to have the conversation again? I mean, when, when are we going to just finally move on? I, I seem to remember this being a big deal. I remember Grandpa calling and had to have a conversation with Dad, and Mom got involved, and everyone drinks too much, and then you have a conversation about blah, blah, blah. And I remember this happening 
When I was a kid, wasn't this in the 90s? Didn't we conquer this in the 90s? <laughs> well, again, it gets back to sports. It's the first time. And you know what? It's a big deal because you do have an active athlete that's well, proclaiming that. It's a big deal to him. Yeah, but wasn't the dog on Frasier gay as well? So we had <laughs> I don't our know first if dog was gay. So I thought that was all. Wasn't. Yeah, the, the dog on Frasier was gay. That's what Will's telling me. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So oh, and the, there was also a gay. Couch. That's what it was. There oh, was a really? gay couch yeah. on the show. Yeah, gotcha. Anyway, here's uh, Carl Malone, uh, because we just got to hear from Carl Malone. We have to. <laughs> he, he supports He's such Jason a cun- Collins. He's such a cunning linguist. So many people are so caught up in uh, this or that. You know what? If you live in your life and you're happy with your life and you're not hurting anybody, I'll say, I'll say God bless you. But it's time for us now to say, you know what? That is his business. Uh, I support him. I'm Carl Malone and I'll prove his message. <laughs> Did you guys add that? No. I'm Carl Malone, and I'll prove He actually message. said that on CNN. He actually closed the interview with that. Thus giving us <laughs> our greatest drop in the history of Gunther and Graham. I'm Carl Malone, and I'll prove his message. I tell you what, I didn't understand uh, half of what he was getting out there. I guess he was saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of, kind of, you do you, and I'm gonna do me. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the uh, isn't I think a rap song that came out a couple years ago. I'm a, I'm a do me. I'm a, I'm a do me. I think it was by Young Jeezy. Look it up there, Ben. It'll expand your musical repertoire. But the point is, you do you and I'm going to do me, meaning why are we even having this conversation? It's not going on inside the walls of my own home. I don't know what's going on inside your home, people listening. Maybe you've just got like a real laid-back lifestyle. You've got some cool friends and some cool pets that you hang out with. I've got a screaming banshee child 23 hours a day filling up diapers like it's going out of style. I've got an insane wife dealing with a hormone imbalance, trying to get herself back down to reality, trying to get herself going. We're trying to leave the house. I've got a chaotic household. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about what NBA players do inside the walls of their home. You just worry about your own. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. If you've got time to worry about what other people are doing inside their homes, life must be good for you. Coming up on Gunther and Graham. How much time do you spend thinking about what I do inside the walls of my home, Kevin? I try not to, to be honest with you. I try not to go that that place do you ever think about the inside the walls of like a certain person that works with us maybe like will smith no i try or, not to think about what about napoleon <laughs> no napoleon heck producers? no no i, I don't want to know what goes in his it i really don't care I, no offense to any of you i really i just try not to worry do you ever think about what I, goes I, on? i'll be nice i'll ask how you guys are doing see you know, i i spend you know. a lot of time thinking about what goes on inside the home of michelle bachman well <laughs> why <laughs> have you met her husband he's an interesting oh, character yeah. yes he's an interesting character Coming up next, Wasatch Whip Around, Bill Orem, Salt Lake Tribune, talk more about Jason Collins. He wrote a story today in the Trib. Earl Watson, uh, former jazz player, uh, talked about it. We'll get his perspective. Brandon Gurney with a nice article in the Deseret News about 10 BYU players could be possible NFL draft picks in the future. Scott Pierce, Salt Lake Tribune, talk about the new deal for Utah State and the Mountain West Conference. Could it be better than the Pac-12 deal? Eh, a little bit it is. We'll talk about that coming up in the Wasatch Whip Around. Scott and Graham on the all-new 1320 KFM. Midday Sports Talk Radio that giving you the lowdown on all the big local sports stories of the day from those on the inside. It's the Wasatch Whip Around on Gunther and Graham. 
All right, it's Gunther and Graham on the all-new 1320K Fan. Time for the Wasatch Whip Around, and we talk to all the newsmakers about the big stories along the Wasatch front. It's brought to you by Tosh, the orthopedic specialty hospital, Utah's premier sports medicine, orthopedic, and sports performance center. Call the experts at Tosh today, 801-314-4100. can also visit the facility in Murray, 5848 South Fashion Boulevard. Tosh, the official sponsor of Gunther and Graham. Haven't talked to this guy in a couple weeks. I wonder if he got a little vacation after the Jazz were bounced and didn't make the playoffs. Joining us now from the Salt Lake Tribune to talk I'm about... i Bill. Yes, I'm only a Bill. I missed that drop, actually. Talking about Jason Collins. Earl Watson had a chance to talk about him and uh, with Bill Orem of the Salt Lake Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter at TribJazz. Hello, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Have you taken a vacation yet, Bill, or have you just been wandering around town? Uh, <laughs> I, I got out of town for a few days, yeah. Okay, well, good. Well, welcome back, Bill. Bill, do you think the average Jazz fan is now concerned about the Jazz's free agent decisions, not only on the court, but also off the court? Do you, th- you think Jazz fans are concerned now about the Jazz bringing in a gay player? I don't. Uh, I've not seen any reason to think that, that, that Jason Collins coming out yesterday would impact the way the Jazz... Uh, fans or management would approach uh, their free agency plans in any way. Um, you know, the, the NBA response has been very welcoming to Jason Collins. Obviously, he hasn't yet um, played since he came out. He hasn't been um, he hasn't been active. He hasn't walked into NBA arenas. But um, I think that it's I think this might be a smoother transition uh, than than even some people expected when when you kind of envisioned what it would be like when a professional athlete in a major you know, big four sport came out. Um, and I think the fact that a guy like Jason Collins really helps. You know, Bill, the, the one thing I read in your story at sltrib.com that kind of stood out to me when you talked to Earl Watson was him talking about the NBA locker rooms and how maybe some younger players could have the issue. But then the one comment he made is, well, you know what? Most people don't get along in NBA locker rooms anyway. Yeah, I thought that was actually really interesting, especially coming off a season in which the Jazz were you know, all about you know, brotherly love, it seemed like, and how much they liked each other. And I think that was genuinely the case with this Jazz team. But it's not always you know, so symbiotic. And there's a lot of reasons guys don't like each other or a lot of things about each other's lifestyles that guys don't necessarily approve of. Um, and and while open, open homosexuality is a little bit different maybe from uh, some of those things, you really can roll it all into the same, into the same, uh, the same arena of, of just, you know, people being different and that's kind of the way people are right yeah well we know the good people of sacramento and the uh relocation and finance committee were not welcoming the sacramento kings moving on to seattle so it looks like the kings are going to stick around in sacramento but is this going to be it from seattle's perspective i mean are are they ever going to get a team back up there I, i would still think that ever yes i think that it's probably um, pretty much on hold at this point. I don't think expansion is out of the question eventually, but I don't, I don't see that coming imminently. Everything that I've seen or have heard really is that the league is pretty set at 30 teams. Um, one more would, you know, continue to dilute a talent pool. Um, but, you know, I think, I think, you know, three months ago, I, three months, it was mid January, I think, when we first heard that Seattle was, uh, was going to get, get a deal done to buy the Kings. And it seemed like an absolute certainty at that point. And really, um, it was quite a spirited effort and a pretty impressive one from Kevin Johnson to people in Sacramento to, to what it now appears that they'll keep that team. Is there anything you can read in this all? The fact that uh, 
that uh, Greg Miller was on the relocation committee, you know, when it comes to jazz fans, because, uh, you know, you always hear those rumblings as the possibility with the jazz being a small market team, you know, will they, will they stay here forever and ever and ever? Is there anything we can read in that at all? I mean, I don't, I don't really think that uh, maybe being a small market guy influenced uh, some of uh, Greg Miller's appreciation for what a, a, a team can mean to a single, a single team city. But, um, you know, I think, I, I think Greg can probably look at that pretty objectively. I think the fact of the matter is the jazz are much more firmly entrenched here than a lot of other small market teams. The Jazz own their own arena. Uh, they, uh, you know, their family owned here. You know, the Maloofs were kind of, you know, they were out of towners. So I don't, I don't think there's really a whole lot of parallels that can be drawn. I think the one thing that the Jazz should be pleased about is if they did ever want to um, uh, sell the team, I mean, the price is going to be through the roof after we're seeing that the Sacramento Kings are worth, what, $550 million, $600 million? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Bill, appreciate it as always, my friend. Welcome back to town. Bill Orem at Trib Jazz. Follow him on Twitter. Read him in the Tribune. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Thanks, I Bill. appreciate it. There we go. Bill Orem, we talked some BYU football. Nice uh, piece today in the Deseret News. About 10 BYU possible NFL draft picks going forward. Brandon Gurney returning to the whip around. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon C. Gurney. Read him in the D News, of course. Brandon, how are you? Hey, Brandon. Great. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Brandon, I think everybody expected to see Kyle Van Oy on your list. He should be a yeah. first-round draft pick next year. But tell us about some of the other Cougars they may not know about. Yeah, um, first off, that list, I, I mean, by no means am I suggesting that there are 10 players on BYU's roster that will be drafted. There's no way I, I'd be qualified or even dare make a suggestion like that. that that'd be a little absurd. But, 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 but getting drafted at BYU hasn't been a, something that BYU's done very well, and it's something that BYU needs to get better at. And, and BYU really got around this uh, Ziggy thing. They really got in front of the hype and all that. And, and it, it should do well for the program, but they need consistency. And you haven't seen that from BYU. So, so you hope that it's more than Calvin Noy. Calvin Noy is obviously the, 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 the best choice. And, and probably Cody Hoffman next. A lot of NFL scouts is talking to them. Uh, it's the ones that will talk to you. A lot of them won't. Um, uh, he, he, he definitely has uh, the, the size. It's all going to depend on 40 speed for him. Um, if he can even run like a four six, I think there might be a good chance he's going the way around. But a lot of the guys, uh, it's way too early to say that they're going to be draftable athletes. But you can see a lot of potential there. The guy in that class would be Bronson Kafuzu. I think he's just an, a magnificent athlete. Um, if you were to compare anybody with Ezekiel Alonso, which is a very tough prospect given his overall athleticism, Bronson Kafuzu would probably be the next best uh, athlete, just as far as uh, if you want to direct comparison with Ziggy Alonso, a guy that. Started at uh, just uh, two weeks removed from his LDS mission, which is just phenomenal. And he has a lot of upside, so we'll see how he develops. And, and a lot of these guys, it's just a developmental, but, but it, it, it's really been a sore issue. And it's, a, it's an issue that BYU needs to get better at if they're going to sell their program to recruit. Because other programs, they use against BYU in recruiting. Now, you can't tell a three- or four-star prospect that they're not going to play in the NFL. And, and sure, uh, uh, athletes go to BYU for other reasons other than just football. We all know that. But NFL's a big component to any top recruit, and BYU's got to bridge that credibility gap, and they do that by just simply putting guys in the NFL. So hopefully for the program, that changes in the future. Hey, Brandon, what kind of year does Van Noy need to have to be able to be that first-round pick? And is it a possibility that he could maybe have uh, not as good of a season last year because the defense may not be as good overall? Yeah, it's a distinct possibility for sure. I, I, I think just the focus on Ziggy, especially with the pass rush, just took a lot of pressure off him. But 
I think that in a way, if he simply has a season like he did last year, I think that's good enough to put him in the upper rounds. Obviously, it's it's very shaky ground to, to just assess anybody's draft prospects, especially uh, for me. I, I mean, I have to go with the experts and the, and the scouts and, and, and what they say. So, But going by what they say, most people assess. Uh, you, you just read the, the way too early draft boards, and Mel Kuyper, chief among them, believe that Kyle Vanoy is an early draft pick. So I think if he just simply has had the year last year, which might be easy, it might not be easy. I, I, I think it's easy going the first three rounds for sure. Hey, Brandon, really appreciate it. At Brandon C. Gurney, follow him on Twitter, read him in the Deseret News. Talk to you soon, Brandon. Thanks, Thanks, I appreciate it. There he is, Brandon Gurney. Now we go to Scott Pierce. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott D. Pierce and read him in the Salt Lake Tribune talking uh, some TV sports. Hey, Scott, how are you? Good. How are hey, you? Scott. Doing very well. I know the latest piece, uh, I found it interesting because, you know, you read this thing and I, and I say, you know what? Um, you know, I know the Mountain West isn't the Pac-12, but... The fact that Mountain West now has most of their games where they can actually be seen, uh, you know, it's uh, better than the Pac-12 network at this point, right? <laughs> well, at least that, you know, a lot of their games are on uh, CBS Sports Network, which is on both satellite systems, you know, and, and, and a few on ESPN. I mean, it's not, we're not, they're not challenging the SEC or the Big Ten or anything, but it's, weirdly enough, Utah State goes in where they're going to be seen and more easily seen than BYU and Utah were. So is it safe to say then that Utah State's going to get better exposure than they had in the WAC? Oh, pfft. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there's there's kind of no question of that. It's, I mean, it's a more high profile league. I mean, the, it, the thing that I'm kind of interested to see is um, going forward. I think that this is pretty clearly the number six league now. You know, past uh, Conference USA, Big East, whatever we're calling it now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much how much this does matter. But but you know they've got what seven games on Thursday and Friday nights, and you know those are not bad time slots. And they've got a bunch more on the weekend. And Boise State, you could argue that their exposure is not really significantly different from what BYU's getting. You know, Scott, they, I think Utah State's what five on the CBS Sports Network, one on ESPN. So six of their twelve will be able to be viewed. Uh, is the Mountain West Conference, as I'm reading in here, creating uh, kind of a similar deal that the Pac-12 has, where maybe the rest of the games you can access uh, digitally? Well, they should. Anything that doesn't go uh, to those two, and and they still have regional things that they haven't straightened out yet. Um, I mean, I'm guessing in that column that we're talking root or altitude we don't really know but they they will have have a regional outlet as well but any, but stuff that doesn't go on there um cuz cuz I asked if this was the end of uh you know we some of their games went on local uh broadcast channels and that's in all likelihood going to end at least for football because the ones that don't go on on one of the TV partners will go on a uh, a digital network that that they promise you know be like watching uh ESPN3 and you know, we had to watch uh, Utah State and Louisiana Tech on ESPN3 last fall, and that worked out okay. Well, live TV viewing ratings seem to be going up across the board. It seems like kind of the last frontier from a TV marketing standpoint. Is that trend going to continue? Are we going to keep seeing these monumental TV deals? Well, you know, and this isn't a lot of money. This is more about exposure and than it is about money. The 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 five, whatever we're going to call the BCS leagues now, get a lot of money and a lot of exposure. The other leagues are looking to get on TV. I mean, the thing about sports is that it's it's pretty much the DVR-proof programming. There's, there's not much else that sports and news to some degree, but that you can't watch, record it, and watch it later. Um, but, but not only is this something that 
people watch live as opposed to on, on DVR. But um, it's also something that attracts young male demos, and, and that's hard to get on TV these days. Hey, Scott, appreciate it as always. Read his piece in the Salt Lake Tribune, sltrip.com, and definitely give him a follow on Twitter at Scott D. Pierce. Talk to you soon, Scott. Thanks. Thank you, kind sir. Hey, Thanks, appreciate Scott. that, Scott Pierce. Never been called a kind sir before. Well, you uh, that's should. That's a new one. Well, you, you are know, a kind now, sir. Now I, now I feel old, you know, but I, that's okay. I thought, well, Kevin, you don't look <laughs> a day over 29. You're <laughs> like you. Catherine I know, Zeta-Jones. I know, it's amazing. You know, it? I thought that was a really great way to put it there by Scott Pierce, that sports are DVR-proof programming. Because yep. executives across the country are trying to figure out how to reach consumers. You know, again, I go back to what we're doing here, 1320K fan. People, if you don't know about sports radio, you're obviously not listening to us. If you don't, if you don't know about what AM radio is, it is the, it is one of the most unique formats. Kevin and I get to talk for hours here. Whereas 90% of the junk they're putting on TV, people are recording. Like, like my wife, she watches all the junkie shows, all the lofty shows, the Kardashians, the housewives. She fast forwards through all the garbage. She watches the shows in 15 minutes. That's how people are consuming media these days. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, is I, I don't know about you, but I can't watch sports DVR wise. Like, if I know I'm going to exactly. be late. It drives me crazy. Like, I've tried it before where, I, where I've had to go to a, a family event or something, and I know I'm going to miss part of the Jets game. And I'll like, try to DVR, but it's almost impossible for me to not want to see what's going on because it, it drives me nuts to know that a game is going on, even if I have it recorded, because I, I, I want to see it live. I, I don't, it's just a weird psychological thing. I, I have friends that can do it, though. They can do it, and then they'll fast-forward through the commercials, and eventually they can catch up to the action, but... I don't know why. I just psychologically, I need to watch this thing live. You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, and this is not a, a complaint by any means. But you know, sports, sports is what we do. We watch sports, and obviously, we get a lot of enjoyment out of it. But you know, there, there are plenty of times where I've DVR jazz games and yeah. I've knocked them out in an hour and a half instead of watching the live game. Not even an hour. It takes like an hour sometimes yeah. if you fast forward through a lot of the garbanzo beans in between. You can really watch a game quickly. But there's no denying it. When you come home from you know, doing the Gunther and Graham show and the jazz game's on and you, you start the second half live, you usually yeah. it's like dinner served or whatever, something that you're sitting down. Anyways, you get caught up in the pageantry of the game. There's no denying that that connection to you that, that you have watching a live sporting event. I know you're not there, but you, there is something to being part of the live action. And now with Twitter, everyone on planet Earth is able yeah. to instantly interact with live events that are taking place. And so you're you are going to continue to see sports get attacked by advertisers because it is the final frontier where people are still subjected to commercials. Because I, for one, have taken myself out of the game. I won't subject my family to it anymore. We don't watch commercials. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't let ourselves get poisoned. My, you know, my family started doing this years ago, and we thought it was crazy. Grandma and Grandpa would come around and say, that, that TV's poison. Don't watch it. And I thought they were just being crazy old people. Yeah. Now I know that TV is poison. It really is. And so a lot of people are trying to find ways to consume their media and, and consume their ideas and you know, a lot of people are waking up. You know, this this Jason Collins story, I think, is waking a lot of people up to the fact that we have a conglomerate with sports, that ESPN is the big dog. And every yeah. once in a while, you flip to the NFL Network or Major League Baseball Network, and they do a great job, too. But, you know, when, when you're slammed with nothing but Tebow and Jason Collins stories, you realize, oh, man, we, we don't have a lot of options for the way we, you know, partake our sports. And so, again, I go, I'm plugging what we're doing here on sports yeah. radio in, in this format, but... You know the, the the Mountain West TV deal. It, you know, I, I know Scott said it's not worth a lot, but you, how many nationally televised games are the Aggies going to have? I mean, that, that's a, six. That's a huge deal in terms of that. That's yeah. six options that they're going to have to be on TV when 
it's really the only thing people are watching anymore live. Yeah, and it's going to be like an HD, which if you've ever watched some of these Utah State games, it's really hard to make out the uniforms and even what's going on with the blur of the non-HD that it, we've seen by whatever that network is. I think it, it was Texas State a year ago so I watched. And it's like, am I watching this on yeah. a flip phone in 2001? <laughs> or what's going on here? Coming up, we got football at 50. Will the Lions, Detroit Lions, make the playoffs? Will it depend on Ziggy Ansah? Because you can talk football 24-7, 365 days a year. It's football at 50. Football at 50 on Gunther and Graham. All right, Gunther and Graham on the all-new 1320 KFAN. Football at 50, 50 past every hour right here on the football station. Gunther and Graham. Well, one NFL analyst, or I guess you could call him the draft expert, that would be Mel Kuyper, had a uh, post-draft conference call. Here's what he had to say. A couple, uh, couple lines I thought were interesting. In terms of Ziggy, fair expectations would be for him to be a force off the edge. He doesn't have to have 10 sacks, but make progress. He needs to come in, start early on this year, and at least hold his own and develop as the season goes along. I don't expect him to take the NFL by storm, but he needs to show progress for someone with such a limited football background. Here's the interesting quote, though, that I found. Kuyper, uh, there's a lot of Detroit media on this thing, and Kuyper was asked about the Lions being a playoff team, and here's what he had to say. Is this draft going to propel them back in the playoffs? It depends on how quickly Ziggy Ansah develops into a premier pass rusher. That's the bottom line here. A lot is going to be expected for his limited experience. How quickly does he evolve? The Lions hit the big three need areas, and I think they did the best they could do with what they had. So Mel Kuyper basically saying, yes, the Lions can make the playoffs, but it's all going to depend if Ziggy Ansah uh, really can develop quickly. And that's one of the things we talked about with Detroit going in is that you know, if the expectations are he's going to help him get to the playoffs, that's that's a tough spot for him to be in. Now realize Mel Kuyper was talking to a bunch of Detroit media mm-hmm. about Ziggy Ansah. You know, they asked Mel Kuyper, I'm sure, about the importance of Ziggy Ansah. And so I, maybe that's why Kuyper said that if Ziggy Ansah is an elite pass rusher, the Lions are a playoff team. But you know, what the Lions really need is to protect Matt Stafford. They need a left tackle. And I think that's why there was some... You know, th- there was 50%, according to some people, of, of Lions fans were really excited about Ziggy, but there was some of the fan base yeah. that wanted the Lions to go in a different direction, not necessarily as a knock to Ziggy, but they wanted offensive line help. Now, our, Cliff Averill did have 20 sacks the last two years. Cliff Averill did have a huge impact for the Lions. Ziggy does need to do that. I think more than anything, they need to get Calvin Johnson the ball. You know, they, well, yeah. they, they need to make up for the fact that they've had some pretty horrific injuries to the guys they've drafted in their backfield. Javid Best has really never been able to play the guy from Cal that they took. And remember Michael LaShore, a running back they took, I think, in the second round from Illinois. He blew his knee or blew his Achilles, so we haven't gotten to really see him develop. The, the Lions need a run game. Of course they need Ziggy to be good, but I don't agree that Ziggy's going to be the reason. If the Lions go 8-8, eight and eight, that Lions fans can freak out and blame Ziggy. I think... You really are going to see Ziggy develop. For the love of Pete, you saw him develop at the Senior Bowl. He got better day one to day two to, to the actual Senior Bowl game on Saturday. I guess it would have been on Sunday. I forget. The, the point is Ziggy did really well in the game. He got better then. You're going to continue to see him develop when he gets around better competition. Ziggy, he he, he wasn't able to beat out Ethan Manu Malayuna at BYU. So he was getting plenty of attention. He was getting coaching. But when you're not a starter... Do you really think the defensive line coach is going to spend a lot of time talking to you? I'm not, I'm not insinuating that Ziggy was ignored until he became a starter, but there's no denying that you don't get the same attention as a backup. So Ziggy has, what, eight weeks of coaching attention? 
this past year, he, he's going to grow. He needs to grow, and Lions fans need to expect that. I, I feel like most of them do. Well, you know, fans, man, you're looking at one when it comes to the Jets. We're not very rational at times. And so you're looking at a Detroit fan base, and I know them well, that are very cynical uh, and very impatient. And these type of things don't help. You know, when, when high-profile guys come out and say, yeah, you know what, you know, if the Lions going to be a playoff team, well, Ziggy really needs to, to step up and, and be a factor. Well, you could it say doesn't that, help him. You could say that about Ndamukong Sue and Nick Fairley. True. Yeah, but they're defensive tackles in the front. I mean, Ziggy's one job is going to be lined up to the outside and just rush the quarterback on a regular basis. I mean, I, I just think, you know what? I think he can develop. It's just, man, will they give him the time to let him develop? You say all Ziggy has to do is rush off the edge, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but think back to, I think it was 2008, 2009, Chris Long coming out of the University of Virginia. He was a top five pick going to St. Louis, played in that four down front. Same, you know, not the same, but a similar defense to what Detroit's going to run. And Chris Long, for literally two full seasons, I mean, didn't even put a hand on a quarterback. He did the same thing every time. He rushed off the edge, you know, pushed the offensive tackle back, kind of reached a handout, tried to get a pressure. Quarterback stepped up, threw the ball. Chris Long did that every single snap. And I know because I'm a a weird draft guy. Mm -hmm. And so I knew who Chris Long was. I watched a lot of film on him coming out of Virginia. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer's son, Howie Long. My dad and I used to talk about Chris Long all the time. I thought for a brief while my body was pretty similar to him. So I tried to emulate my lifestyle after Chris Long. I I used to call my dad and say, are you watching this game? Chris Long is not doing a damn thing. He's a top five pick. And this went on for years. And now all of a sudden, he's had a breakout year. He's got his swagger about him. Chris Long's about to get a major deal now with his next contract comes up. Or or did he already get a new deal? He's in line for a new deal, but he's had a breakout couple of seasons. And it took him literally two full years of, of really not doing anything, rushing off the edge. And I'm not saying that's going to be Ziggy. But Chris Long was a top-five pick with a lot of expectations, and it took him a while to learn the game. And Chris Long was an All-American at Virginia. Ziggy probably wouldn't have started had Ethan Manu Maliuna not gotten hurt. Coming up next on Gunther and Graham, more NFL talk, more on Ziggy, how he'll fit in with Detroit, Starlow to L.A. and Carolina, and plus the winners and losers. The NFL draft this past weekend, Jason Cole, our good friend from Yahoo Sports, NFL columnist, he'll be joining us coming up next. Yes, that is him right there. It's Gunther and Graham on the all-new 1320 KFAM.